Hello, hello. On today's show, I will be joined by Tom Z to discuss the NBA playoffs. We will give our thoughts on the first round, and then we will preview and predict the four second round matchups. At the end of the episode, I'm doing Nick's picks. We lost just a little bit of money last week, but we're okay. We're still on that march back to the black. But first, Wiki of the Week. The Wiki of the Week this week is vanilla. You're familiar with it, right? The make an ice cream flavor out of it. You can get a cream soda that's, you know, vanilla flavored. But the reason that vanilla is the Wiki of the Week is... I am uh, I'm back at my service job now that the world here, at least in the States, is starting to spin up again. And we make a house-made vanilla syrup, and I was refilling and restocking the bar there at work, and I was writing out the word vanilla, and I was like, huh, vanilla is kind of like quesadilla, you know, or tortilla, where it has that I-L-L-A, and I was like, I wonder if it's supposed to be vanilla. You know, like maybe it got Americanized at some point. And so I ended up going to the Wikipedia page, of course, like I do when these thoughts pop into my head. And, you know, I learned a few things here. Obviously, vanilla is a spice derived from uh, the genus vanilla. There's basically three different kinds of vanilla, you know, just depending on where it's grown and what the actual like plant ends up looking like or what you're actually harvesting from the plant itself. But one interesting thing here is two-thirds of the world's supply of vanilla comes from Madagascar and Indonesian's cultivations, which is crazy. I mean, that's a lot of vanilla. You know, you, you go down the list of things that have vanilla in it that you wouldn't even expect. Things like, you know, like pancakes, they have vanilla in them. And so I, I was just really surprised at how few places actually cultivate vanilla. But back to the vanilla vanilla uh, thing that brought me to the page in the first place this maybe you know uh, instead of wiki of the week could be like etymology of the week or like word of the week you know because the past few weeks i've just been like wait how did this word become this word but basically the etymology is vanilla was the name that was given to the plant by spanish explorers in the 16th century so it's been around a while but it is a Spanish word, so it, it could, you know, at some point in time, been vanilla versus vanilla, but they call it a vanilla or little pod, which is, it comes from the word for, like, the Latin word for sheath, which we, in English, have also adopted for, like, the word vagina, so interesting stuff there, but yeah, it's all part of that same family, but I think I some point in time it was vanilla and maybe it still is in certain places i don't know i'm just here in the states so if you do know more about vanilla or the pronunciation or the etymology of the word please write in uh hello at begonia.fm i would love to learn more about this because wikipedia can only take you so far and it's not like i'm clicking every link within the wikipedia i'm just trying to get the general idea so there you go vanilla wiki of the week up next Tom Z, but first, a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Begonia FM's Tech It Easy, hosted by self-proclaimed non-expert Lucas Soares. This show is all about, you guessed it, tech. Big tech, small tech, high tech, low tech. 
It's everywhere and has a profound impact on our daily lives. Lucas will cover current tech news, what he's geeking out on, and he'll give out a tech recommendation or two at the end of every episode. All Begonia FM shows can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as our website, begonia.fm. Thanks to Tech It Easy for sponsoring this podcast. Joining me on the show, he's a director, writer, producer, podcaster, and 2021 NJPod MVP, Tom Z. How's it going, man? What's up, man? Uh, coming to you from sad Lakers land, but holding my 2020 championship with the Mickey Mouse ears and all. And uh, going to enjoy a little bit of a break from basketball here, but still watching these big games, watching Trey Young just tear down franchise after franchise and bogey shush the crowd did you see that moment nick i thought of you when he shushed the crowd i did it's like watching your your son go off to college you know you have to let him leave the nest at some point <laughs> ironically he became a hawk uh yeah interesting stat two of the last three seasons the kings and lakers have the same amount of playoff series wins interesting stuff is this the turning of the tide here in california only time will tell wow per elias sports bureau <laughs> over here that's a stat muse stat <laughs> uh, today we're talking nba playoffs first we'll go over all the first round series now that they have all finished plus we'll weave our final discussion of the infamous inaugural playoff party into that section as well then we will preview the second round matchups. But let's get started here with the first round. And like I mentioned, that playoff party here, the 1-8, the Sixers-Wizards. I was hoping so much that the Wizards got swept so I could make some sort of joke like of a tree falling in a forest doesn't make a sound if a team makes the playoffs but doesn't <laughs> win a game. Did they make the playoffs at all? But they they stole that one game and they ruined it. Yeah, and then the fan poured popcorn on Russell Westbrook, and then we had like a string of crazy fans doing stuff, and it was a weird like first week weekend of uh, of the playoffs. But I mean, yeah, ultimately, you know, Joel Embiid playing well. Uh, you got Seth Curry going out for thirty in some of these games, making that Josh Richardson trade look absolutely atrocious. Like if Dallas has Seth Curry instead of Josh Richardson, they probably win that series. We'll get to that later, but um, not super surprised they lost in five. I picked the Sixers in four, but uh, yeah, Embiid got hurt, right? He like has a little tear in his meniscus, so kind of down on their maybe championship odds with uh, maybe the East looking kind of wide open between those top three. But Washington, man, they got there. Like I think the fact that the play-in at all was a, th a possible option for them is why they made the playoffs to begin with, you know, otherwise maybe they rest somebody a little bit longer, or, you know, played a little bit more conservative playing younger guys. And, uh, but you never know. Um, you can, uh, you can never know, but um, props to the Washington wizards, despite us uh, losing faith in them after being like 15 and 30, how dare we? Yeah, incredible second half of the season run for them. And I think you're totally right. Like they, the play-in was what motivated them towards that second half of the season. And I think that that is like the ideal scenario for a play-in team 
a team that should have probably just been a playoff team right if it were a normal season and everybody's healthy and so it gives them a chance to if you know in the beginning of the season you get off on a bad start or you have injuries or in this case a series of covid protocol mishaps you can still have a chance to then on the back half of the season make it up and fight your way into the playoffs even though they didn't end up winning a series i mean just Having those home games is huge for revenue for some of these teams. And three of those four teams involved in the Eastern Conference play-in were on the downward slope, uh, at, you know, as the season was winding down because, the, you know, like you said, the Wizards were the only team that's stock was ticking up. And to be clear and fair to them, they outright made the playoffs in the eight spot. Um, but the fact that they did pull it from behind and rally that whole season and win those games is maybe due to the fact that they didn't, like I said, you know, play it more conservatively and for the future a few games earlier, but that you're right. Even if they go in as a nine or 10 seed, like your point is even more made, but I think you're still completely and totally right that the play in resulted in a better team getting the eight spot than, than, than would have otherwise. Yeah, you're right that they did make the eight seed. So I guess they were they would have been in in any case. But maybe it just th- because they knew if they got the ten, the chance would be there. That maybe gave them that extra little push. Right. I did see uh, you talked about that one loss when Embiid went down. The 76ers are like thirty and five with that particular starting lineup that they had in those games. Did you know this stat in particular with Philadelphia? No, I did not. That alone, I mean, if Embiid's not healthy, and we'll get into it here in our second round, I don't think the Sixers move on anymore, which is a real bummer because we're having this kind of new generation sweeping in and kind of taking the league by storm. And I feel like Embiid should be one of the ringleaders of that group. You know what I mean? Mm. I think they sh- I think they should beat the Hawks even with a kind of hobbled Embiid. But that's my opinion. I don't know how hobbled he is. I just still think... Maybe Doc is a little slow to get into his adjustments. You know, Trey definitely had an amazing game. Bogey had an amazing game. They had good performances. They have an actual center that could theoretically not kill you against Embiid, even at 100% and Capella. So so they have the right things going. And, and this is kind of set up for Atlanta to be the Denver of last year and already, you know, maybe outperforming expectation and getting into the second round. But uh, I still f- feel pretty good about the Sixers, at least in this series against the Hawks. But uh, I don't know. You could totally be right because they, yeah, they lost one at home. And, uh, you know, they, they rallied back at the end today. But Trey was really clutch there in a lot of those moments. Yeah. And you would think that the players that the Philadelphia could throw at Trey should really bother him. But, well, not if they're putting Danny Green on him to start. That's a terrible decision. That's like Doc Rivers and Doc Rivers alone. Yeah. Honestly, it's awful, awful choice. Yeah, when you have Thibel and you have Ben Simmons and you have Toby Harry, I mean, yeah, you have a lot of different players that you can throw at him. But we're we're jumping way ahead here. That's second round talk. Uh, let's quickly get through the rest of the East here because I mean, all these it was chalk and it was quick chalk in the East. I mean, the Nets yeah. won in five, the Bucks swept the Heat. And the Hawks won yeah. in five over the Knicks. So, I mean, the, yep. there there wasn't 
anything that really stood out to me here other than Tatum, his 50 burger there. Yeah. That was nice. And I just want to see an aggressive Tatum for a full season. I feel like mm-hmm. he could be that scorer every night. And it's really frustrating when he's not. So I'll be interested to see who the Celtics bring in as a coach there to you know, lead the crew next year. Hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping like a Dan Tony type, like a really offensive-minded coach, somebody who's really creative because between Brown and Tatum, they have the talent to be better than a seven seed. Yes. See, I make it a point not to like let my brain think about any kind of outcome that would benefit Boston and or the Boston Celtics. So that makes sense. I, I haven't actually thought about like how to help them and I won't. Well, this is actually helping you. This is the galaxy brain take here because you know you're getting Tatum in three seasons. So you want no, settle down. you want him to get these last two years of like really sophisticated offensive mind education. I think he's good. I think he's fine. I think it's gonna be okay. Yeah, and he'll make a great Laker in three <laughs> years. I'm excited to be able to have the opportunity to go 41 different times a year to go see him play. Uh, the Heat. They lost in the first round. They were in the yeah. finals last year. 72 days rest. Unhealthy season. Jimmy Butler was too locked in, maybe, for this series. He was stupidly locked in. I'll give him that. He was honest. E- emphasis on the stupid. We forgot what that word means, and, you know, he just told us. To be fair, Bam was bad as well. Like, I don't know if you want to, yeah, do a quick Miami, uh, like, Milwaukee thing. I picked Milwaukee in seven, I think, because I thought it would be a dogfight. It wasn't. Um, they're so much better with Drew. Uh, they're way better with Dante DiVincenzo, which they'll probably miss a lot. But if he's the guy that's going to guard Harden, and Harden's out now. You know that could be interesting. But I, like I said, we'll talk Milwaukee, Brooklyn eventually. That's kind of the the finals to me, uh, as the the brackets stand. But. Yeah, yeah, I think Milwaukee just kind of said like, okay, we're real, we're better than last year, and I think Miami said we're we're not as good as we were last year with without Jay Crowder, without Goran Dragic playing at that level, and ty- frankly, Tyler Hero is, you know, just a guy um, in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, they got a, got a lot of good luck. I don't want to say luck. They got you get breaks in this business in basketball, you get easier or harder paths. It's just how it is. And you see teams trying to nudge toward certain paths, right. Mm -hmm. And get flack for it. But do you think if the heat had won that first game, it would have maybe gone seven and it would have been more of a dogfight, Like you thought. No. Okay. Honestly, like I'm impressed with how Miami or how Milwaukee pulled that first game out. They played, terribly i thought you know duncan robinson just like shooting the lights out is how miami wins and so like just from how they fought back from shooting so poorly and kept the game close and forced it to overtime at that point you're like okay no milwaukee's got this and like moral victory or not and accepting the l like they, they probably know it too yeah, and Budenholzer weirdly making an adjustment. I like couldn't believe my eyes in the playoffs. I had I went and threw up, and then I came back and kept watching. But when he put Giannis on Butler, that I was like, when you play your older brother, when you know <laughs> you're on the driveway, that was it's Giannis being the like he's almost more useful to them as a, the two-time defensive player of the year. 
um, when Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton kind of have it going on offense, you know, he's like, like he's just so impactful on defense that, yeah, you can, you can put him on a guy like Jimmy Butler, who like very few players in the league could swallow Jimmy Butler. And, and, and Giannis is, he's just so big. Yeah. He, he looks awesome in every single phase, except for shooting the basketball. Honestly, if he could mm-hmm. shoot the basketball, well, I think, there would be an argument for him being the best player in the world right now. But that is for an off-season topic that I have. We're going to we're <laughs> gonna go through that because I think this is the first year in a while where we can start to have the conversation of who is actually the best basketball player currently in the world. But just my opinion, we'll, we'll get to it. That's a teaser for a few weeks from now. But that, do you have any thoughts about the Knicks Hawks? Your guy Julius Randle got stage fright. He did. He didn't play well. Also, well, to, to be to his credit, he didn't shoot the ball well, I'll specify. But he was moving the ball when two players would come to him, and he got a lot of attention from the Hawks. I actually think the Hawks played pretty good defense in that series. Definitely. But the Knicks, the Knicks were happy with having home court and having playoff games in Madison Square Garden. I'm sure they're happy with what the team did this year, and they should be because they overperformed. But it's really hard to just the math of bogey threes, Danilo Gallinari threes, John Collins threes when he's making them, Herder threes, Trey threes. They couldn't keep up. They couldn't shoot. They couldn't make enough threes to keep up with that. And the math problem was never going to be in their favor. Uh, I picked Hawks in six because I thought there was a significant talent gap. But yeah, I think Tibbs also kind of showed his Tibbs head and showed how he can expand the talent of a roster while also capping a ceiling, like maybe blatant beneath the moon, which is still good, right? Still, he still, still did fine. Oh yeah. I mean, that was one of my, I, on I, our very first episode, maybe together. That was my thing about Tibbs is he's going to come in and improve a lot of things about your team. But I think you're right. There is a ceiling on a Tibbs team as well. I mean, playing Derek Rose, like over 35 minutes a game, 2021 Derek Rose, like he's awesome for like 18 minutes a game. Yeah. Well, he can play he can play 35. He can play 30. But it's he was playing like 42, like 44 because they just literally couldn't play Peyton and they for whatever reason wouldn't play quickly more, which I think is ultimately where they went wrong a little bit. But they just didn't have good answers for what the Hawks were doing. They didn't have good answers and it didn't matter how good of the team defensive scheme was and how many of the players bought into that defensive scheme they just didn't have the horses and that's fine that's that's just happens right like maybe they win like honestly like five out of a hundred of these series i think that's like the talent discrepancy is that large yeah i agree i think that yeah the hawks are loaded when gallinari is like your eighth or ninth guy like oh it's nice if he puts in a couple looking like travis from (laughs) taxi driver yeah, the, a little spoils of riches there for them. Yeah, uh, the, the Knicks had Austin Rivers earlier this season. Correct. Why did they let him go? Isn't that the, like the exact type of player that they needed in this series? No, and I'll tell you why. Please, because <laughs> in my in my humble opinion, whatever you get from Emmanuel quickly is worth the experience he gets from playing important contributing minutes to a playoff basketball team. 
With is there? Do you have a better chance to marginally maybe win? Is it ninety instead of ninety-five? Like I said before, maybe. Yeah, you're probably right with Austin Rivers. Or would you rather have Peyton or Rivers? Long pause. Yeah, I mean that's a real Sophie's it has, choice. It's it's, pro- it's probably Rivers, but I'm not like like Peyton's just particularly limited. Um, I think defensively on some players, he he is a better option, but. Agreed. I don't know. It's probably Rivers, like pretty easily, honestly. And I'm just don't love him as a dude. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not wild about him. I mean, we're talking. About, I think it's close. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about Alfred Payton and Austin Rivers here. But you know what I mean? Where I'm coming from with the quickly part? Oh yeah, 100. percent I yeah, play him as much as possible. Yeah, let him get his growing like, pains. That's just worth the yeah, exactly. Yeah, like first year, you're already playing. You know in a rotation on a playoff team. So you're actually a positive player in some way. Uh, it, it, to be fair, it's the only criticism is like maybe the tip should have played him more and started him instead of Rose. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Plus, I mean, quickly can really spread the floor there. Even if he isn't knocking down all those threes, just the gravity that he has there to give Julius Randle the space, like put them on the same side and make the defender really make a tougher decision than he has to make off of Alfred Payton or Derek Rose. With these young players and these veteran coaches, do you think there's anything to, like, the older the coach, the less likely they are to play a young guy? Because we see, like, Carlisle, Kerr, Pop, all these coaches really make their rookies earn their stripes a lot of the times before they put them on the court. But with young coaches, especially early on, obviously, if they're a young coach in their career, uh, like Spolstra early on gave Chalmers a chance there in Miami. Brad Stevens put Isaiah Thomas like into the all NBA stratosphere. You know, like you just sometimes see like these younger coaches are more willing to have the growing pains with the team. And I know that it's, it's circumstantial, like certain teams are rebuilding. But do you think there's anything to that? Or am I just finding correlation where there isn't any causation? I I don't think it's correlated. I can't say for certain, but um, my expectation is that, I mean, Carlisle started Luka Doncic from day one, right? There's, there's, there's levels to this kind of conversation, right? There's a lot more context that's needed, you know, because Luka's so damn good, you have to start him. You're not bringing Luka off the bench for 18 minutes, right? Even in his first game, you know, a high pick like that. So there's a lot of context because – a lot of times coaches are given players by general managers and those rookies high pick or not may not fit what the coach wants. However, if they are a high pick, that coach might not have the luxury of not playing them. If they're not a high pick, that coach has the luxury of using his judgment to determine whether or not that rookie is earned those stripes in practice and specifically what they do, you know, in their relationship with them and the trust you build and what you show their, your skill set. So if you're developed, yeah, look at Jalen Brunson making the turn as a third year player, right? Like now Carlisle's playing him because he's earning it. Right. So I think, again, it's all very, um, circumstantial and, and just dependent upon where you're drafted. Like, again, injury is a lot to do with this. Yeah, teams playing conservative with like a Jaron Jackson Jr.'s knee. Right. He maybe could have come back like a little earlier. So there's so many different things. I don't know if it's like an age per se 
but I think it's just uh, maybe more closer to your willingness as a coach to employ risk. I think that's a great point. And the injury situation can go the other way too, to where mm-hmm. it forces a coach to play a young player like yep. Draymond with Steve Kerr back in the day, which really unlocked sure. the lineup of death. So, oh, interesting stuff. Quite a tangent. I apologize. Let's go to the West here. Not at all. Uh, the round one. Hey, we're just talking about uh, young talent in the league and Jaron Jackson there for the Grizzlies and the mm-hmm. Jazz. This is referred to as the no dunks guys have coined the douchebag sweep where the one win that a team gets is the game one. So they think they have a chance and then the other team <laughs> sweeps them out. But uh, this also seemed pretty dependent on just Donovan Mitchell being on the court or not being on the court. I don't know if the Grizzlies even would have gotten one game off of them if Dono had played that first game. Cause it seemed like a really late decision that the jazz made and maybe even like the game plan involved him and they had to change it really close to game time. And it just, you mix that with Memphis, like coming in off the play in being the first nine seed ever to make the NBA playoffs. And that momentum, that little mixture got him one game. But I really do think if, Mitchell was playing that it would have been a four game series. You're probably right. I mean, that first game was pretty close there at the end anyway, um, even without Mitchell. So yeah, you're probably right. I would say the jazz were significantly better than the Grizzlies and credit to the Grizzlies for playing up out of that nine spot. And legendary play in team. Greatest, pretty greatest play in team yeah. of all time. They're the only team that's been in two plans, you know, back to back years. Now they're right. first nine series ever. One and one. So let's, you know, wait a sec. Um, there's other teams with undefeated records. Um, I won't say their names. <laughs> you can infer. But uh, no, credit to the Grizzlies. I think they have a good, like, they're one of NBA Twitter's, like, scout Twitter's, like, favorite team because they have all the late picks, the Xavier Tillmans, the Desmond Baines, the Dylan Brooks. Like, yeah, all these guys are just very high in the like D'Anthony Elton Melton. I can't talk. Excuse me, D'Anthony Melton. They also have my my mortal enemy, Jonas Valanciunas, <laughs> and uh, Ted Cruz Jr. And Grayson Allen. But you know they have a lot of good players, and I think they're going to be good for a long time. I think they I think they have like Spurs level infrastructure right now. Potential, potential. Okay. Speaking of our, our guy Grayson there, this is actually something that the, the No Dunks crew has asked as well, and I'll just pose this to you. Dylan Brooks or Grayson Allen, who has the more punchable face? Are you kidding me? It's Grayson this Allen, right? Not, absolutely. In a landslide. This is not a question. Dylan Brooks is annoying to play against because of how he plays, but he also, Nick, I'm not kidding, literally fouls more than any other guard in the league. Yeah, he averages like 3.6 fouls a game. It's, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, you're just fouling me all game. Like, <laughs> I can make, a, I can take advantage of that. I can make this work. Yeah, he just gets you know? under people's skin and that's what. Sure. I, I, I agree. I think Grayson Allen maybe has the most punchable face just of all time. It's, I mean, if, if like super mega like finale boss Ted Cruz didn't exist, I might agree with you. That's fair. But, you know, let's not get political with whose face we want to punch. You can get political if you want to punch Ted Cruz's <laughs> face, by all means. Fuck that guy. All right. Uh, the, oh, oh, man. That, oh, 
I just caught myself here. The two seven series. I don't know if you. Oh, I don't know if you watched any it. of these games. <laughs> so actually, Nick, I want to flip it on you oh. because I have a couple of like lingering questions here. I I want big picture first. Um, what was your pick for the series? Lakers in six. Lakers in six. Likewise, I also picked Lakers in six. Uh, do you feel like the Lakers win the series if Anthony Davis doesn't get injured? Yes, but they would have won in seven. Fair, fair. And so you're even putting up some option for, you know, Suns winning anyway, which is fair after what we saw. Um, now, question to you as an unbiased observer in this series, and I'm not even talking about the refereeing, which I think in general both ways was pretty bad, but I don't think it was slanted in any kind of way. I'm not that like kind of Lakers fan. I, I want to ask you a question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to your, your friend Van already. We love you, Van. Which team was a bigger bitch? Oh, wow. And forgive my use of the word. I use it much more like uh, which team was the bigger, like poor sport? Let's, let's say that. Yeah. Well, I'll ask, I'll return your question with a question here. Okay. With like two and a half minutes left there in game six when Chris. Paul got the ball at around midcourt and he kind of tucked it under his arm and he fist pumped. Was that the cheesiest moment in NBA history? It's pretty cheesy. By the way, that doesn't bother me. That that particular act does not fall under what bothers me. I can list others off, but I'm just saying it is cheesy and very lame. But like, yeah, he's 36. I, I couldn't believe that he did that it just looks so lame and then he almost kind of gets the ball stolen and then he like almost like snaps back into it uh, I, I hope they top shot that moment right there but no i mean because the suns have chris paul it's the suns he yeah. he, he just epitomizes all of those things <laughs> and he's a really really good basketball player i'm not taking that away but he also sure has i mean just Every antic in the book that you can't stand about a guy at a run, Chris Paul has that. Jay Crowder is another one of these guys. Like, like playoff Jay. There's just a lot of, lot of like. For the record, I think there were four total times Suns got ejected in this series. Zero for the Lakers. Um, the Devin Booker push on Schroeder at the end of Game Three. Uh, the Chris Paul pulling on Devin on LeBron's shoulder. There's just so many little things to me that like really turned me off to the Suns. Even when my team had a 2-1 lead on them, I was just, I don't know. But the Lakers got hurt. I right? We were kind of talking about it before we got on. AD got hurt. Caruso got hurt. KCP got hurt. Um, and the stars didn't line. I also think, Nick, and we might talk about this on our pod at some point, the team kind of papered over some internal issues. I wouldn't say that they were unfixable, but I do think there was some lack of focus going on. Um, and it could be for a number of reasons. I don't know if it's any one person's fault, but there was a, a, a maybe like a just difference between Rondo's 15 years and Schroeder's eight, you know, like that kind of stuff between Drummond's experience and Dwight Howard, like that level of just didn't quite have that extra je ne sais quoi, I guess. Absolutely. Right. If you remember when I jumped into your locker room 
with Tim, mm-hmm. like right before the playoffs, I brought up Rondo specifically because I felt like you guys were going to be yeah. missing that a lot in the playoffs because of those those stupid extra eight or ten points that he gets you because he gets you in a set quick early in the shot clock so you have an opportunity to like run a second action. Or he'll just toss it up to AD. He loves doing that, throwing it 75 feet, you know, like... Wh- I think that Rondo was really big for you guys last year, and he was knocking down three pointers, like really timely ones at certain points. I, he was. I, we have to like put on the turn on the crystal ball here just for a moment. Do you think that Lakers fans went too far after Game Two with the Clippers, and that like the basketball gods were just like, okay, Lakers fans, you went too far. I mean, my. My Twitter feed was like 100% Clippers slander for like a 12-hour period. It's not just Lakers fans, my guy. It's the Clippers are the league punching bag, right? They are. They are. So I guess, yeah. Like even more than your team. Right. I guess that's because my team isn't even good enough to be the punching bag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just like bullying. Yeah, yeah. I saw, what was it, Gallagher was like, oh, I ordered Trace Lechase because my team lost a game in the playoffs. And I was yeah, just like, what do you... I understand. I was like, what do you order when your team hasn't made the playoffs for 15 years? I think it's just like the tiramisu, hold the cake, just the rum. I, I, I... <laughs> I was thinking more like, I, I, you get like a wedding cake at that point. Like you get... You freeze it? Three like tiers. only wedding cake yeah. for months? <laughs> You need it to last a while if it's going to be a 15-year drought. Okay, well, yeah, I just think it went a little too far. Everybody went too far with the Clippers, and the basketball gods quickly remedied that in that series. So I guess let's just jump to it there. The Clippers and the Mavericks. The Clippers won in seven games. This was an incredible series. Tom, we should have gone to game five, as we had discussed. (laughs) What do you think? Is uh, Luca maybe the best player in the world? I'm not quite there yet. Um, That's fair. I, I, he's incredible. And something I noticed in this series in particular, um, he has this uh, tendency to just be so on point. I'm talking like 70, 80% shooting in the first shift he runs. Like so, so, so good. Scoring 19 points in the first quarter, like game after game. And he runs out of gas like quite frequently in some of these games. And yes, it comes down to how the Clippers are defending him. They were trapping him, getting the ball out of his hands a lot of this series. And he's making the right read. And he that's the brilliance of him is anything you throw at him, he knows kind of how to counter, what to do, um, you know, why you're doing it. But as far as getting good shots, that experience, that that setting the 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 pace and the t- and the tone. You saw Chris Paul do this a few times in the Lakers series. Yeah. He's just quite isn't there. And, and like spacing that energy out, I think to someone like LeBron's credit, you know, he did the thing in the playoffs and early in his career where he dominated a whole game and like kind of ran out of steam. Right. But then he started to become a closer and really like focus his energy, especially as he got older. So just learning that like Luca is not, unathletic but Luca isn't so athletic that he can play as hard as he can score 50 points on really tough defenses for 40 
four minutes a game. Like that's just not practical. He's got that Gatorade cup underneath his name the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's just out. He's out. Like he's just done like midway through like the, the second half of the third quarter. And then it's just like, how do they hold on the rest of this game sometimes? Do you think there's a conditioning element to it? Or do you think it's just specifically energy usage? I think it's energy usage, honestly. Okay. Um, and, and it's hard to like blame him again because he's asked to do so much. So it's hard to be like, why couldn't you just do a little bit more? It's not do a little bit more. It's space it out differently, right? Yeah, I, you know what I mean with the energy bar conversation. It's just applying your resources in a different way if you're a business. You know what I mean? Marketing in a different way, if you will. It's like the turbo button on NBA Jam. Yeah. When do you use that turbo? And sometimes, honestly, he could use it a little bit more on defense, a tiny bit more, and he would be jumping passing lanes and getting, you know what I mean? Getting steals. And it's not even about like a, like just physically dominating someone. He's he, players like that are so smart. I think if they really applied themselves, like he could sit and free safety on the weak side and just like intercept pass after pass after pass. If he was like sprint into it, you know what I mean? But I don't know. Do you want him to do that? You do in the playoffs and he's big. So, hey, did you see the tweet flying around that Porzingis isn't 7'3", he's 5'27"? True. You and I jumped, uh, we were, we just watched that boat pass by. We, we were both out on Porzingis at the beginning of the season. I don't know, I was firmly off the boat at that point. I'm out at 30 million. Like, you want to give him like a, like a B-Elite contract? Like, sure. You know what I mean? Like 30 million? Nah, that's a problem. That is it. Yes, and shouts to Boban. I thought Boban had a great series. Great seeing him out there. Dallas will be okay. Uh, I don't think they should be disappointed with this performance. They got closer than they were last year. They're a better team than last year. Richardson's a problem. Porzingis is a problem. Tim Hardaway is their third best player, or second best. Excuse me, second best player all series. Not even close. And, and he thinks that he is too. He has a little bit of that Austin yeah. Rivers in him. Where oh, is that? Yeah. Whew, is that what, how I'm describing it now? I guess that is. Uh, that is like the new Dion Waiters is Austin Rivers. Shout out to you, Austin Rivers. I'm not gonna lie. Like 30 seconds, I thought you said Austin Powers and was a little lost, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. I was just like, oh, that's an interesting comp. Yeah, he's just groovy, oh. baby. <laughs> but speaking of Austin Rivers, that final uh, series there in the first round, Nuggets, Blazers, we got legendary games, games we will go back and watch again. Great series. Yeah, years yeah. from now. My adopted team pulled it out in uh, six games there. The future MVP, Joker, putting up ridiculous, like jaw-dropping stat lines. Same with Dame, but, I mean, Jokic did it in like the win you know it just means more yeah. when you win the game right uh, is dame gone no you don't think so no you think that they'll give this new coach whoever they hire a season with him and then maybe that next year they'll look to move him they're not winning the title i mean well it, okay they they got rid of stats yeah they still can get rid of volche although i think that's probably a little bit overreactionary i don't think O'Shea is great i think um 
I don't know. I don't know if that solves it. Like just for, for a thought experiment, if you could pair Damian Lillard with any other player in the league, who would you pair him with? Joker. Okay. How I mean, Joker is one of a kind. Right. Um, he. I got. Who's the second? Yeah, player I guess I could with? answer Joker first. I think no. That's you're not wrong. I mean, yes, absolutely, that would be amazing. But uh, who, who else? I guess. I because I just Joel Embiid. Right, that was going to be what I was going to say next. But it's a big right, and there's just not a ton of just superstar bigs. It's not Rudy Gobert, so it's just hard for again one of those guards to be one of your top players. And yes, Dame is incredible and clutch and amazing. Um, but also he is a massive problem on defense. Um, and, and honestly, we don't really talk about it very much. If you watch him on defense, it is, it is actually pretty embarrassing. Sometimes his effort. Do you think that's again, like the energy bar? though how he's probably using his energy because he is undersized as well so he's even using that much more energy on the offensive end i i think that's practical way to look at it i also think in this particular case like the kinds of mistakes he makes it it may be more mental focus than like a you know physical strain Mm -hmm. um but i don't know and and like just an acuity for defense has never particularly been anything he's been good at. So it was like I said, with Luca, with a lot of these guys, like they, they're so amazing with their passes. Dame's a great passer, but he's not Luca. The guys that see the open passes in theory, if you start to rework your brain on defense, you can see the awesome passes coming too. Right. Yeah. You can anticipate them coming. I, I think you make mm-hmm. a good point that Dame isn't that like elite distributor and while yeah, his numbers look very good, there are other things happening on the offensive end where he's not as beneficial to his team in ways that other players are that might not show up. Mm. Like, I'm not sure if he has the same gravity even that Steph has just for his shooting ability. Right. And that's, and that's his greatest strength is spreading the court and that gravity that he has. Because of at his size, you're right, he can't, you know, go into the post or power right. someone down there. Also, uh, I got a couple more teams for you that for Dame with the Heat, him and Bam and Jimmy. It's pretty good. Yeah, I they would chew him out on defense, um, which maybe is probably exactly what he needs. Yeah. Um. So so the once we do yeah once we do this exercise, this is where it's, it's like the second exercise starts where, okay, now who could do it? Nuggets. Sixers, Heat, who could put together a package for Dame that doesn't include, like, honestly, I'm not kidding. If you're trading for Dame in your Miami, you might have to trade Bam. And I don't know if you do that. Right. Would you trade Jamal Murray? And fuck yeah. I would have traded Jamal Murray for James Harden this season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, But like, uh, and like a package around him, let's say three first round picks. I would rename my team the Denver (laughs) Olshays if they traded Damian Lillard to me. Okay. Like, to your point, there's such a magnificent pairing for each other that it's like the rest is just completely irrelevant. Like, you can't overpay for Dame, honestly, if you're Denver. 
Yeah, no, all these teams, like, I, if I were in that position, I would, as many first-rounders as you want, because I'm going to be really good. So, yeah, here you go. This is it, Nick. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. That's too much. Will Barton. I'm not giving MPJ. Jo- Joker it. and it. Absolutely. Joker and no, MPJ no, no, no. are non-negotiable. You can have any other no. player in all the picks you there's, want. There's no, there's, it doesn't happen then. Okay. I, That's what I'm saying. This is how completely... I, I hesitate to say unprecedented, but in theory, if those two guys at their best uh, and at the ages that they are, like, dude, I would give that team like two chips. Like, I would say at least one. Yeah, I mean, they should. And Michael Porter Jr. is like, I don't know. I don't know. He's awesome, but I don't know. Houston got a bag of beans for James Harden. This is how it always works out. So, I mean, the Pelicans honestly got one of the better trades for a superstar recently and that's just because brandon ingram got even better you know what i mean like sure those picks that they got from la aren't worth anything like no they just got lucky with one player but he's definitely not anthony davis i mean the, the teams who get the superstar always win these trades yeah so i guess that's why yeah. i would be like mpj not on the table go find someone else who gives you jamal murray somebody else and all these picks like yeah, to me, it's it, it, it's is the entire like fucking Denver market like gonna kill me? Maybe, but this is a shot I would personally take a hundred out of a hundred times, and I do not blink at trading MPJ uh, because at that point I would be like, well, I'm not giving you a single first, and then you negotiate, of course, but they, you know what I mean? Like then you just really play up the I'm giving you MPJ, right? Maybe you give me a second. And then you just see where it goes. That's what I was doing to you right there, Tom. I was saying he's absolutely not on the table, but then I was going to throw him in at the end, and that was going to be like the how I was going to yeah. get you to come over. See, because like I know, I know, if I'm Denver or if I'm Portland, excuse me, I like okay, well I'll just you know trade him somewhere else that will give me what I want because 29 other teams will probably just give me whatever I want. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I was going to ask you about this young talent takeover, but we are going way long here. So we're going to get into the second round. I got a little bit of trivia here for you. David Aldridge tweeted today about the last time each of the final eight teams won the title. Did you see this tweet? Did not. I don't follow him, but I saw it got, you know, liked or retweeted. It ended up in my timeline. So I'm going to ask you, last time for each of these teams, last time Utah won the title. Never. Correct. Last time Denver won the title. ABA. Okay, for NBA, never. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to NBA here. Okay, right. Yeah. Phoenix. Never. Correct. Philadelphia. 79? Mm-mm, a little bit later. Oh, 84. A- a- the 83 team. 83. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's the yeah the Dr. J team. Uh, right, right, right. Clippers. Never. The fuck out of here. Uh, the Nets. Never. Correct. Man, you're, you're crushing this. Milwaukee. There's a lot of fucking losers out there in the NBA. <laughs> um, 74. Cream. Nah, they lost in 74. They did lose. They won, though. They did. Didn't he take them to one? Yeah, in yeah. 71, which is their last one. Yeah, they lost in seven games to Boston. Yeah, I actually looked into that suit because you'll see. Okay, uh, Atlanta. This was a while ago. They they did win one though. 
Yeah, I don't. I actually don't know that one. Nineteen fifty-one. That's beefle. Before my time. Yeah, they are an OG team. <laughs> 70 years ago. Okay, next list here that he posted. This is the final one. This is the last year they made the finals as a franchise. All right, so Utah. 98. Nice. Uh, Denver. I don't know. Never. Phoenix. They had an MVP on their team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 93. Nice. Clippers. Never. <laughs> uh philadelphia 2001 nice yeah shout out and wasn't it on this day the step over i see that picture tweeted so often i i don't even i see that picture so often used as Lakers slander so ah that's true that probably is the one that they go to it was recently i'm sure yeah 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 it, it is june here it's june yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the finals week usually yeah uh the nets Last year they were in the finals. Wait, wait, give me a second. 2003. Nice, great pull. We, we, you had to go, okay, 04 with the Lakers yeah, exactly. against the Pistons. Exactly. Okay, so. Yeah, exactly. I was like, no, no, Pistons were 04. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, Bucks. You mentioned earlier it. Oh, 74. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I ended up looking into that series. Interesting. And then Atlanta. Well, I'll just say it was a decade after their win, if you even remember the year of their win. from 661. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, no, I would not have guessed that either. Um, you know, I hope basketball fans appreciate, like, to your point, the, all the new stars that are coming in. But, I mean, at the same time, are we appreciating the new stars or are we, like, appreciating the best players around where, like, all the good ones got hurt? Uh, maybe a little column A, a little column B. Like we were talking about the injury yeah. there that got Draymond in. Sorry, that was just a Koreatown being Koreatown. I'm guessing like did the Dodgers game just end or something? People are blowing off a lot of fireworks and I know it's not for the Clippers. Oh yeah, seriously. No, it's probably the Dodgers. It's right around that time. It is, yeah. Dodgers fireworks, oh. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we were talking about the young talent there. Uh, yeah, it, it's just cool that whoever wins at this point the most possible like most recent champion will be like 40 years ago at philadelphia right and we have five teams out of these eight that have never won a championship so it'd be really cool to see one of those franchises win all right tonight game two brooklyn versus milwaukee you said it earlier this is the nba finals the nets lead the series 1-0 with a 115-107 win in game one what do you got for this series? What do you think? Harden's out now. DiVincenzo's out. It's kind of evening the playing field, as you said. I'd, yeah, I'd say those players are pretty equal. <laughs> um, oh, man, it's tough after game one seeing to all you talked about Milwaukee in the first part of this pod. Bud just fell right back into his old ways and kind of not playing Giannis and Drew and Chris all kind of it's wild. A couple more minutes than he should have. And then, you know, yeah, to your point, most most playoff teams are, you know, everyone's getting a playoff minute bump. So I don't know yet. I don't know. It was still a close game. Um, I thought Brooklyn shot the ball really well after Harden went out, but I thought Milwaukee had some stretches of pretty good defense too. I don't know. I After seeing Giannis go just absolutely insane those two games in the regular season, I, I always thought like before the season started, if I asked you this specific question, who guards Giannis? 
I guess it's Brooke Lopez, or excuse me, <clears throat> I guess it's Blake Griffin. Um, so I, I don't know. It kudos to them. If Harden's out, I, I think I would lean Bucks, but honestly, I have no idea, man. It's like that close to me. I could see a very logical pathway for either of these teams to, to make it all the way to the finals fairly easily after this. I don't think you're wrong in that. Yeah, I think there's a very, very good chance of at, at least whoever comes out of this series is going to go to the finals. But I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think that Milwaukee stands much of a chance. And this goes back to one of my creeds of the playoffs, if you will, of shot makers. It's just like if it's a close game, Giannis is questionable at the line. You can always go hacky Giannis. That is something you can just easily fall back on. But you're looking at Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the other side. In any close game, that's just the, maybe the two basketball players you want with the ball. Maybe Dame is on hey, there, you know. But to counter that, to to your point, sorry to interrupt. No, no. I was just gonna say, generally, often good offense beats good defense. If there are two players in the whole league you could pick to guard Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, yeah, aren't they Chris Middleton? Or excuse me, aren't they Drew Holiday and, and Giannis? So it's as good as it can be. Drew Holiday is incredible. He like actually bullies dudes. Like in the post, and like you just like try to go by him, and his shoulders just like no, like I'm already here. It's how Kawhi used to be a few years ago, you know, before the quad stuff. It was just like mm-hmm. when when Drew decides a player is just no longer gonna enjoy the basketball game, he can just make that decision. Yeah, but yeah. To your point, Bud's got to play them more. Middleton, Giannis, Drew, like if they stand any chance in this series, but the Nets are loaded. I might take some action on you, Nick. If you're taking Nets and I'm leaving Bucks, you got one game, so I might need some points here. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm with that. Um, how are, we'll, we'll figure it out off air, but let's just bet a top shot moment. And the, and right. the moment I have to gift you is more valuable because I have the 1-0 lead. That's how we'll like do the math. We'll get you, you'll pay a dollar more, right? So I'll get like a, I'll give you like a three dollar card. You give me like a four dollar. Yep. Moment. Perfect. Done. All right. Virtual handshake. Next series: Nuggets versus Suns. Game one. Who you got? I can, I don't know if I can be unbiased against the Suns. I particularly do not like them right now. I don't know, man. I Blazers was one of the two series. This is the two. On the same side in the same bracket that I got wrong. I got everything else right. You had the Blazers. I had the Blazers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Blazers and seven. We didn't because we didn't predict on the show. I would have. Yeah. I would have really tried to argue, like talk you out of that. But uh, although I. Yeah. Um, I gambled against the Nuggets though and lost for it. I did the Facundo Campazzo Austin Rivers versus Damon CJ argument that didn't work out well. It's tough. I mean, yeah, that's. It's bigger than that. Uh, if Yusuf Nurkic gets like three less, three fewer fouls in the whole series, they'd probably win, honestly. But the dude can stay out of foul trouble. And um, that's real. That's a real thing trying to guard Jokic. You know what I mean? Like that five minutes that between you fouling out then and like 90 seconds for, at the end of the game is is huge. And like that, that what was it, game five? The Dame just like going insane, hitting three after three to keep him in it. I mean, yeah, I feel fine with my pick. I just, 
you know, something had to change with the Blazers, and it's good they kind of finally realized that too. Are you excited to see Nurk in a Lakers uniform next year? No. You're not excited? No, Nurkic is only going to be a Laker. Hey, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Yeah, in this series, I think that they're going to do absolutely everything to get under Joker's skin, kind of like what the Lakers did last year with Morris and Howard, where they just, you know, just even like on a dead ball, go knock the ball out of his hand. You know Chris Paul is going to be championing this idea to the Suns of just like, Every little thing you can pick at him, get at him. And I, I'm just really interested to see if he breaks or not because he's been super mentally strong all season. He's been the one rock of the NBA. He's played every game and he's played every game at a really high level. And the Suns are going to do everything they can to try to throw that off. Aiton's pretty good on the defensive end, at least size-wise, to give him some trouble in the passing lanes. Aiton has looked better. Don't give me that look. Ask Tim how Aiton has been these last two months. He looks much, much better. But I'm just, I'm going with my adopted team. I'm going with the Nugs in this one. Sorry, Van. I don't don't even want to see the Suns win. So I'm picking with my head and my heart. But they got the MVP. Okay. I feel less crazy. Because I was going to say Nuggets in six. To me, after I've just seen the Suns, having scouted them, I watched all those games numerous times. When the Lakers succeeded, they were putting DeAndre Ayton in dis- decision-making positions where he would have to choose between two options. And generally, that's how they succeeded. Um, their backup center is either Frank Kraminski or Dario Saric. Oh, the Arboretum, Frank. It's not going to go well for the Suns in that respect. I don't know if Chris Paul's 100% again. I just don't love their supporting cast there. Maybe I'm like, maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm I'm, I'm a hater. But I, I really didn't think they were like that this good. I still, I've watched them. Yes, their brand of basketball is fun. And when their role players make shots, they're not bad. But They're streaky. Like if, but Devin Booker had like three not very game good games in that series. Like everyone's like, crowning him already it just annoys me because of his 47 point finish there yeah Devin Booker is going to be a controversial star for a while he just has that vibe he's he's going to take James Harden's place you know where people just like to go after even the aesthetics of his game down to like how efficient is he obviously he's not like the distributor and player that Harden is but that kind of polarizing figure I think that Booker will you know embody that here for a few years even going back to that i don't want to be double teamed you know in a pickup game video just stuff like that you know he's just that kind of guy and that i don't know people people want to back him because they think it's awesome but then people who want to hate on him have like that little bit of ammunition does that make sense yeah yeah no absolutely i think he's like uh, a celebrity nba figure as well which some hoops fans don't really aren't really inclined toward some of these guys dating the Jenners and guys like that, you know? Oh, I didn't know he was involved in that. That is kryptonite for NBA players. You didn't know that? No, I, I really, I just, oh, yeah. I'm very bad about keeping up with all that stuff. If I'm being honest, I don't want to know it's stuff that just kind of comes across, but yeah, I think after game three, like 
like TMZ took pictures of him with Kendall Jenner. Oh, that's oh, sorry, Suns fans. Oh, that's just literally never good for like any NBA player's career ever. It's it's not. Yeah. You know what? I I hope great things for Devin Booker. Make good choices. All right. <laughs> Tomorrow, game two, Hawks versus Sixers. Hawks lead the series 1-0 with a 128-124 win. Embiid played on the knee. Uh, and yeah, the Hawks pull out this win. They're dangerous. Yeah, this might go seven. I might say Sixers and seven here just because I still t- kind of lean toward their, the 67ers? their general talent. This, yeah, 67ers. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you, do you feel confident about this Sixers team? Not at all anymore. No, no. Now that Embiid is hurt, I'm, I'm fully off, as you'll hear when we pick uh, who's going to win it all. No, I, I I got the Hawks in this one. I got the Hawks in six. You have the Hawks in six? Bet me anything you want. Whoa. Anything. And like I Are we betting another moment? <laughs> yes. All right, deal. We'll we'll figure out the moments off air, but yeah, I'll bet you a moment on that as well. Do I, does it have to be in six or do I just get the Hawks and you get the Sixers? No. I'm like pretty fine with taking the Sixers down one game. Okay, cool. Well, Ben Simmons shoots with the wrong hand, and so that's a problem. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's. We got to keep it moving. We're we're running so long here. Jazz Clippers. This is going to be a fun series. These are two very different teams. This is like a team that you really like to watch and has a nice free flowing offense and spreads the ball, and all the role players are just kind of like, I'm here to shoot the basketball. This is fun. And then you have like the Clippers who are just like. You know, the team that's easy to hate. They do a lot of one-on-one. Like you said, Kawhi was incredible, but it wasn't because of Ty Lue's schemes or anything Paul George did or anything besides what Kawhi Leonard was doing out there. So what do, what do you think about this series? Kind of a weird matchup, right? Yeah, it's kind of... I mean, there's a reason that the Clippers were fine getting into this bracket with the, with the Jazz. And it, to me, they have every right to feel not really worried about the jazz uh because a couple reasons um i think percentage wise the clippers were the better team but i think in terms of total three pointers made the jazz made more threes as a team so the clippers are particularly set up to uh to to play the jazz and keep up with their math problem um also they do have a big in zubach uh, who also kind of plays drop coverage like Rudy Gobert. They have a big who can play a couple different ways. Two, if they play Morris at the five. So um, to me, it's just the Clippers, in theory, have a better answer to kind of the best, uh, you know, punches for the Jazz. But, I mean, if Donovan Mitchell goes up another level, that's great. If we get him, uh, like, from last playoffs, I think the Jazz probably lose in six or seven. Because I think Donovan Mitchell is going to have to be pretty great for the Jazz to win the series, but uh, but what do you think? I think I think a lot of people have the clip would have the Clippers favored here as well. Yeah, and I and I have the Jazz. Mm. It's fair. I I, I I get it. I think when the going gets rough for them, they're going to handle it a lot better. And when you're at this point in the playoffs, you just have to be ready to execute. You got to move on from the next play, and I don't think the Clippers do that. And 
I mean, outside of Luka, the Mavs didn't have a bunch going on there, and the Clippers struggled with them. The Jazz are much more talented than the Mavericks. And so, I don't know. I Yeah, I got the Jazz. Uh, yeah, I'm not even trying to be controversial either. I genuinely, yeah, think that the Jazz, they, no, they were the one I mean, seed. They are the one seed, so I guess I'm not like... They are the one yeah, seed. This isn't too crazy of a pick. <laughs> I think it's still like... Despite being the one seed, the general consensus is be would be that the Clippers have higher expectations um, and and talent. Um, to Utah's credit, too, like they have an actual home court advantage right now. Uh, anything in Los Angeles based does not. We'll see when that changes, how that changes as the playoffs go on. But I mean, it's not just elevation of Utah; they're gonna have a full packed stadium. You know, yeah, stuff like that matters. Like I don't know. Oh, especially because these players haven't played in front of crowds in so long. You know what I mean? Sure. And we're seeing like these crowds are pretty wound up. Like you mentioned, you know, some of the disgusting behavior that we've seen, but terrible. The crowds are loud. Like that Dallas crowd, it was just noticeable yeah. on TV how loud it yeah. was there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, MSG too. Yeah, everyone. We've talked that to death. Come on. I was trying to pull out something, not be such a casual here, Tom. <laughs> I mean, they were actually going insane. Yeah, so. no, they were incredible. Shout out to New York. You guys, you know, nobody ever talks about Madison Square Garden. Uh, <laughs> which series has the best name? Not a lot of great choices here. I think Jazz Clippers is probably the best. Like some some boat that's like peaceful and like dinner and a show. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a just a really bouncy barber you know they got their jazz mm. clippers going they're just like improv yeah. cutting your hair jazz hands but with clippers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay yeah bucks nets that sucks nugget suns sunny nuggets yeah mm. we miss you thunder we miss you magic we miss you wizards raptors yeah we're missing all the great names <laughs> all right uh who's gonna win it all tom our first round at this prediction, I had the Sixers, you had the Lakers. Not looking great for either of us. I assume we're both going to change up our picks, unless you want to stick with the Lakers. I, I would respect <laughs> that. As the Lakers exceptionalist, maybe I should. No. <laughs> um, I am going to say that the Milwaukee Bucks win the NBA title. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm... Gonna believe in Mike Budenholzer, which feels great. How about you? I'm going Nets at this point. I'm I'm not messing around yeah. anymore. I want to see Nets. It's so chalky, and, and no, no shade at you. I'm it, just it, yeah, it's lame. I'm just. I mean, okay, counterculture guy. Fuck it. All through, through. Fuck it, Jazz. Do it. Let, let's go, it, baby. Yeah, let's go. Call your shot. All right, I got Jazz. And you got uh, Bucks. And okay, wait, what were our moment? We bet on you have Milwaukee and I have the Nets in that series for a moment. Correct. And then I have the Hawks and you have the Sixers. Hawks and you have the Sixers. For a moment. Correct. All right, cool. I'll, I'll make a little graphic when uh, when this episode drops and we'll put that out there. Maybe get that Top Shot community to tell us which of our moments we should be trading. That's right. I think I have a couple of Hawks moments. I feel like we should try to gift someone a Ooh, player of that team. Interesting. Or like if there's a particularly good kind of performance. Right. 
so, get, you get that guy. So you would you would have to give me a Hawks player if the right. Hawks won, and I would have to give you a Sixers player. Correct. Oh man, I don't know what Sixers wants. I know I have that Ben Simmons cool cat from the showcase quest, but no, no, no. yeah, you're you're I'll eat that up, baby. You're not getting that jellicle moment. Uh, Let's go. Oh, and I, I definitely yeah have Nets and Bucks. I have a nice like Theonis limited like twelve thousand. Like early series two, Athanasis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I, I, I got a Drew. Call him Thonis. I call him Theonis. The oh Theonis. Okay. See. Okay. The Thanasis. I'm not perfect. All right, Tom. <laughs> just, names is a thing for me. You know. You know me. Yeah. No. And I I just like I appreciate the help. To be, I know you are as too. I uh i'm almost positive it's the asses now i'm googling it because i'm paranoid about now correct correcting you like a douche (laughs) yeah the asses the some of the fun thing too with doing some of these rundowns is you end up typing out players names which you never end up like actually typing out you just read them a lot and you're like oh that's kind of an interesting like the first time you have to type out Dwayne wade you're like oh that's a weird spelling is it i think it's the normal spelling of Dwayne wade no, no, because it's like D W A Y N E W A D. That's not how you spell it. It's D Y E A. Dwayne Wade. Yeah, I'm looking. At, Am I having a stroke right I'm now? I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It's D W Y A N E. It's so bizarre. I mean, they just spelled his name wrong. I, I you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm just saying. I can't. Words and phonetics have rules, <laughs> and and it's not like I'm not trying to disrespect them or anything. I and I'm just being coy, by the way. I'm not really trying. Of to course, no, of course. And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm like, your parents are probably great people. It and they spelled your name wrong. Yeah. Hey. I'm sorry. It's Brett Favre. It's it's of this ilk. Precisely. It's not. It's not no. My, my middle name is Matthew, but it only has one T. You know? it's. it's... See, but if the H was before the T... <laughs> yeah, then... Can I still... Can I call you Matt, Matt you? <laughs> you? I think I could. I think I think you could. I think you could. Dwyane. This is a Dwyane. His name is Dwyane. Is this like the first time you're realizing this? Can I ask you that? Absolutely. Okay. Again... Like, not at all. And also, it's because of what letters are switched. Correct. It's like a kind of optical illusion where you don't even register it's wrong right away. Have you seen that chain email that goes around where every word is written with the letters out of place, but the first letter and the last letter are correct? Right, and you can read it. That's what you're doing with Dwayne Wade. Yes. Dwayne Wade will fit in excellent as an owner in Utah. I don't know why, but I feel like the spelling of his name has something to do with it. Science. Well, this is a perfect place to end it right there. This has been wonderful, Tom. What do you have to plug? What are you guys doing now that it's off-season podcasting for you guys? <sighs> Drinking, you know. No, it's we've been talking in our Discord. I have a bunch of wedding cake uh, about- if you want to <laughs> go on. Um, it's, uh, yeah, we've been talking in our Discord about some, you know, what's next for the team, off-season stuff, as always. Uh, I haven't quite had the spirit to go participate in that, but yeah, subscribe to Lakers Exceptionalism Pod. As always, we'll be having one coming up soon, kind of a probably a postmortem on the series, and then we'll do a postmortem on the season. 
but yeah, man, just that for, for the time being, I appreciate it. As always, uh, talking NBA with you, my guy. Hey man, I appreciate you taking the time and, uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks. Actually, I don't know what you'll be on the show a lot over the next four or five weeks. Yeah. Hashtag content to be watched and discussed. So watch it. Talk about it with us here on the Nick Jaley pod. I'm going to use that entire hashtag for this episode post. Thanks, man. Of course. This episode is brought to you by Begonia FM's A Celebration of Cinema. Are you a movie fan? A Celebration of Cinema disregards face value reactions in lieu of film analysis based on social context and comparison with other works. No film exists in a vacuum. Myself and Kyle Wallen explore film by creating alternative genres based on common threads. You'll find very little film flouting or movie mocking on this podcast. Any completed film is a feat and that is worth celebrating. Last week's episode was on the Mighty Ducks, so for you sports fans out there, it is definitely worth listening to. I go deep on the standings controversy and how in the world did the Ducks get the seven seed. So just, you know, listening for that alone is worth it. But uh, all Begonia FM shows can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as our website, begonia.fm, or really wherever you get your podcasts. So thanks to A Celebration of Cinema for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, it is time for Nick's picks. As I mentioned at the top, we lost just a little bit of money last week, and we probably could have avoided it if we had just doled out ten. Well, actually, we definitely could have, but if we had just doled out ten dollars on each bet, we would have come out in the black here. But let's go over last week's picks. The one that we did win, we had the Wizards over the Sixers. You know, I I predicted the gentleman's sweep was going to go down there. I didn't know that Embiid was going to go down as well. But uh, yeah, the Wizards pulled out the win. They won by eight over the Sixers. The only win that they got there in the playoffs, really formally ruining our playoff party. But we had $5 on the Wizards' money line there. So we won $16.50 because that was a plus 325. So that's what pulled us close you know, to breaking even this week. But let's talk about those two losses we had. It was a long shot, but we picked the Celtics there over the Nets. The Nets ended up winning by 14, and they won the series in five games. And then the big bet that we had, $20, we lost. And so did the Lakers badly versus the Suns. They lost by 30. So really, I guess the Lakers lost more than we did, right? <laughs> But I mean, I don't feel bad about making this bet. I think if I went back in time and knew everything that happened the way it played out, I might still make the same bet because you know what? LeBron James had never lost in the first round until this year. And you would have just been crazy to bet against him doing that. So I'm, I'm totally okay with that. I can, I can live with that as a gambler here. But let's, uh, let's talk about this week's picks. We got three winners picked out for this March Back to the Black uh, we're down $57.14 with an overall record of 36-4. and 
50. Oof, we got our 50th loss of the season, but that's okay. Maybe it'll just stay there for the rest of the year. But here are our three picks. We got the Nuggets versus the Suns, game one. The Suns are favored by five points in this one, and the Suns are a minus 210 on the money line, and the Nuggets are a plus 175 on the money line. And so I, I'm going for the underdogs again, trying to get some value this week, not necessarily counting on maybe hitting on all three, but you know we're getting positive value, so we're, we're, we're just looking to make some money here. So we're taking the Nuggets to win. That's $10 to win, $17.50. Sense. Second pick, Hawks versus the Sixers. The Sixers are favored by five in this one, and they are a minus 220 on the money line. The Hawks are a plus 180 on the money line, and that is what we're going to do. Like I said a little bit earlier here, we're just looking for some value, some underdogs. This, this could happen. You know, the the Hawks did steal game one there versus Sixers. Maybe they can steal game two. And Bead, you know, is on a bad knee. And he is the engine that powers the Sixers. So if he's not at full strength, neither are they. So I'll take that uh, plus 180 there. So that's $10 to win $18. Third pick, Clippers versus the Jazz. As you heard a little bit earlier on this podcast, I have now picked the Jazz to win the whole thing thing this year apparently the jazz are going to be the finals champions i also have the jazz in this series overall but I'm, I'm looking for value here so the clippers are a plus 145 on the money line and the jazz are a minus 165 on the money line the jazz are favored by three and a half points in this one so i think you know where i'm going at this point in the picks i am taking the clippers and that plus 145 so that's $10 to win $14.50. All right, let's recap the picks here. Nuggets for Suns. I'm taking the Nuggets to win. That's a plus 175. So that's $10 to win $17.50. Pick number two, Hawks versus the Sixers. I'm taking the Hawks on the money line. That's a plus 180. So that's $10 to win $18. And the third pick we have here is the Clippers versus the Jazz. We're taking the Clippers plus 145 money line. So that's $10 to win $14.50. But that is it for me this week. If you want to say hello, you can do that by sending an email to hello at begonia.fm or tweeting at me. My handle is at Nick Jaley. Thanks to Tom Z for joining me and thanks to Begonia FM for sponsoring the episode. I'll be back in seven sleeps.